0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, so,
1: what does normal feel like? If you were to just jot down on a piece of paper what normal felt like, I mean, is there a measuring stick for normal? There's, what, 7 billion flavors of, quote, normal on the planet? You know, um, first of all, I'm really excited for tonight's show. (laughs) I think we're going to have such a wonderful conversation. The topic tonight is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. And our guest tonight is Cindy Dell. We're gonna bring her on in just a minute. But I wanna talk about normal because, and doesn't everybody feel normal? Quote, normal, unquote. How do you know where you are on the the progression of ascension or any spiritual context you want to measure your your journey with. The thing about normal is you could be a, a prisoner in a cell and wake up for your, you know, five years into your sentence and the day feels normal, quote, normal, end quote. You could be a... a a hopeless alcoholic, and wake up in the morning, wiped on your your fanny, feeling quote normal unquote normal thing. The reason I bring this up is just because we feel normal doesn't mean there's not some junk in our trunk. It it's um, for me, I, I clicked off 35 years of my life feeling quite normal. Quite normal. Had you asked me at the time, you know, who are you? Who the hell are you? And I'm like, well, duh, I work in television. I'm a television broadcast engineer. I'm a dad. I'm a, a man. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And. All that felt normal. And then my normal got like totally blown, just blown away in, in a mere moment. Changed my whole life. Right now I sit here and I feel, quote, normal, unquote. But I know that... I know that there's... um well, that's what I like about tonight's conversation. There's um, energy, there's um, momentum, there's um, posturing, energetic posturing, if you will. In my psyche, even though I feel normal, I know there's arenas of my psyche where I can harvest, release, dissipate, heal, stored energy in my psyche. And just like that first episode, every opportunity I have to bump up against that is a gift. And the more more energy behind it, the bigger of a jackpot it is. But I just want to set the stage for you as the listener. Go ahead and and tune in to your how you feel, take a deep breath and feel your body and feel your psyche. Do you feel normal what's what's right behind that normal? How do we how do we bring that about? Well, I think it's time we get to it. Our guest tonight, again, is Cindy Dale, and the topic tonight is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. Combining insights from mainstream science, psychology, and subtle healing modalities, the topic of tonight's show is the name of Cindy's, I believe, latest book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and chronic illness. Uncover and transform the subtle energies that are causing your greatest hardships, no matter how normal you feel. Cindy is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and business consultant. She is president of Life System Services, through which she has conducted over 65 thousand client and student sessions and presented training classes throughout Europe, Asia and the Americas. She is the author of more than a dozen books, including Little Book of Chakras, Awakening Clairvoyant Energy, and would you please join me in welcoming Cindy to the show. Cindy, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm not sure I'm a supermodel for normal, however.
1: <laughs> I'm Abby normal.
0: <laughs> I think I think the real key is that we're all paranormal uh um, oh, I like that. Maybe, though it's beautiful to feel our natural selves, we need to get in touch with our supernatural selves. So that's part of what I help people do.
1: Well, I like it. Well, first of all, kudos on your book. I'm holding it in my hands as we speak. I really like this book because you bring some... some uh, depth and insight to the the mechanics, if you will, of subtle energy within our personas. Um, when, what brought you to write this book at this time?
0: Well, I have been working with clients for almost 30 years, and I do intuitive work, energy healing. I'm all... So a big believer in science. You know, so I study as often as I can how our chemistry works and our biology and how we interface with nature. Uh, But most of the people who talk to me are seekers. You know, they're ill and they want to get well or understand what's happening deep inside of themselves or they're searching for their purpose or love has evaded them. You know, I mean, there's really only three issues in life. I mean, it's health, uh, purpose. Slash work and love or relationship and I've with all the clients I've worked with you know I noticed that the toughest issues to deal with are the ones that we would call trauma the deep pain the old pain they can be psychic pain psychological pain started with physical and so I've just put this information together over dozens of years and I started writing a book about how biology interfaces with the subtle or invisible world. and Llewellyn took the book and wouldn't you know, timing wise, it came out right at the beginning of our COVID lockdown. When not only are people, you know, kind of carrying old stressors constantly with them, but now we have a brand new stressor called COVID-19 and you know, other situations brewing in the world, you know, quite drastically. So it became a perfect book for the time, to be honest.
1: Well, and I think it is very timely. Um, Well, I mean, this is such a deep topic. I want to kind of lay the groundwork to what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, In your book, you talk about – Issues we bring with us into this incarnation from past lives. Um, um, you delve into tendencies in our personality, perhaps addictions, perhaps um, some chronic illnesses. Can you just give us a, a, a big-picture view of the notion of subtle energies and how it relates to energy healing?
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to go with a very simple fact of science. Like if you look at an object, and, you know, our bodies are objects, 99.999% of an object is invisible. It's made out of subtle energy. Less than 1% is what we can touch, what we can prove, what we call concrete. And so that means almost everything in this universe, our feelings, our thoughts, our bodies, the causes of what impact us is really made out of subtle energy or it starts with subtle energy. And maybe I have to go back even a step further and just talk about what energy is. So energy is just information that moves. And Einstein and others have said for a long time, you know, everything's made out of energy, what you can see and what you can't see. You know, the air, uh, your feelings, your thoughts, uh, you know, your dog food, when you feed the dog, it's all energy. But Einstein himself said, you know, everything's just a continuum and what we can see, what has matter is really just dense energy energy. And again, we can't see ninety nine point nine percent, you know, of of who we are and what's out there. So when you think about it, all right, let's say I've got aches and pains, and I think they all come from a car accident I had ten years ago. Well, maybe <laughs> that might have something to do with it, but I'm also a soul, and so before I'm incarnated, I have, this lifetime I've gone through all kinds of experiences. The energies of which the feelings related to them, the thoughts about them, lock into my soul. And those all come into my body as soon as I conceived. My ancestors have come before me. And science is now proving that we have this chemical soup around our genes that contains at least 14 generations of our ancestors' memories. So way before I had that car accident, I have 14, I mean, I have millions of ancestors inside of me chatting away, right? So, okay, I'm a little kid and there's all this stuff happening around me, not just what I'm seeing or what I'm interacting with, but there's my mom's thoughts and my dad's feelings and the stuff that's happening when I can't see it. And all that is subtle energy and it comes inside of me. So by the time I go through something measurable where I can go, oh, this is why I'm sick or this is why I have a hurt elbow or this is why I have a problem, I have countless other energetics that I am or that I've absorbed that are probably really more of the issue. And that car accident is just sort of the cherry on the top that just sort of kind of, you know, made some part of me just sort of give up and surrender, and I don't feel good now.
1: Right. Well, I like metaphors or or such. It seems like our physical body is the tip of a whip, and the handle of the <laughs> whip is the energy of our body. And it's like whatever's manifesting as dis-ease in the physical form of our body is a result of incongruent energy at the handle of the whip, or in other words, um, energetic elements within our psyche that are non-physical, that are manifesting into the physical.
0: That's exactly it. What appears, it is the tip of the whip of the iceberg. It's the it's It's just what's obvious, and there's so much behind it. So when clients call me, for instance, they typically call, and I have great clients. I mean, they're aware that there's invisible aspects of them, or maybe there's, you know, deceased souls impacting them or past lives or events they went through that they don't remember when they were a child or somebody else's energy impacting them. Most of them know that. Um, But they just can't figure out how are they going to get rid of this tumor or what about that chronic illness or pain or why can't they keep their job? Those are just the symptoms. And I have typical, or maybe they're undergoing chemotherapy and it's not working. I'm pro-physical treatment. I mean, take your meds, take your drugs, you know, go through treatment, get your surgery, you know, do your supplements, eat right. But if those things aren't working, it's because, that subtle invisible energy is not letting the physical break open. So I typically find if I can help them figure out like what's that, what's that key factor or issue that's in the invisible, if we shift that, all of a sudden, maybe the tumor goes away, maybe the chemotherapy works, maybe the prescription medicine works, maybe now they can stick on their diet. So you change the energetic problem or block, those are the words that I usually use in my field. You shift that and and you can't just get rid of something. You also have to open up what's gonna you know, a good energy, right? You release right. something, you better open up something that's like healthy and life giving. You open up a, a healthier energy, a more soul based energy, and then the physical world changes.
1: My. Nice. Well, the, you know, I I started off the show talking about normal because for myself, they clicked off decades not knowing that I had um, so much energy in my psyche that I was totally and completely unaware of. And I've shared on the show many times the cosmic two by four. Had I known that the subtleness the subtleness of the energy in my psyche is actually a doorway, uh, uh, a trace amount, if you will, of something much bigger in my psyche. And, And now, if I feel something well up in me, a subtle energy present itself that wasn't there a moment earlier, I understand that that's an opportunity, whereas the first few decades of my life I wouldn't have even noticed it, let alone recognized it, let alone opened up an arena for it to express itself when when we i mean how how do you language the notion of of subtle energy in your psyche and and how it can relate to a, um, a much bigger element of ourselves, a much bigger propensity or momentum, if you will, of of our demeanor?
0: You know, there's a lot of language and different cultures use different words. Mana, prana, chi, you know, kind of trying to get to that sort of elusive but... All powerful energy that's really par- makes us part of the oneness. Um, I usually use the word spirit energy. When I was growing up, the word that it was labeled with was psychic, and it was a no-no. Like I grew up in a white, wonderbread, Norwegian Lutheran family, and you just didn't do the weird stuff. <laughs> and I was the kid who could hear ghosts and talk to them. I saw angels, I saw dark energies, like these, if you would, going in and out of my mom, and they would change your mood, I could see colors around people, and, you know, I didn't know enough to hide my perceptions until I was, you know, maybe eight or nine or so. I still remember one night going to bed. I was maybe four or five. We lived in Huntsville, Alabama, and we were behind, you know, or behind us, I would say, was like a, you know, railroad tracks, and sometimes we called them hobos, you know, would catch a ride uh, behind us. And I'm laying there one night, and I see these, you know, shadows on the hallway following the door opening the kitchen door opening and I can kind of see the shadows from the kitchen and I hear these hobos talking and you know they're frying bacon and making eggs and talking about where they're going to go next and this and that and I heard them kind of put the pan in the sink and then leave because I heard the door shut and you know I'm four or five and my first thought is oh, my gosh, my mom's going to be so bad mad. They didn't do the dishes. <laughs> so I ran into my parents' room, and, you know, my mother was like, oh, my God, will you just stop making things up? And my dad was a little, you know, more patient. He said, look, I'll show you there was nobody in the kitchen. So he took me out to the kitchen, and there was nothing there. And I looked at him and I said, but I heard them. I wasn't making it up. And I believe that my father sort of believed me because that was the beginning of the lectures about now, you know, when you see these invisible things or when you talk to the dead, there's a lot of evil out there. I mean, you just don't want to do that because you never know it's going to mess with you. And so early on, you know, and not just for me but I think many of us were were extemporaneous, were open when we we're kids, maybe, you know, even now. Um but the label is sort of everything because if it's labeled demonic or psychic or or made up or make believe or uh psychotic rather than something about your psyche or your soul, you know, it sort of makes you deny what is 99.9% of you, which is spiritual energy. I mean, I just like the word spiritual energy because it's so expansive and because it's unlimited.
1: Well, I like that. Well, the the truth of us as a soul at our core is, you know, again, it's language, source consciousness or... God consciousness, in other words the the continuity of our consciousness is assured. the essence of who I am is really untouchable by any any persona or being i'm I am safe at the core of who I am I am safe, no matter what and and if we don't see ourselves in that truth we can feel vulnerable and and then then you hear that kind of language where your father's trying to protect you if you didn't have that sense of self the world can become a really scary place pretty quick don't you think
0: oh yeah and this relates to you know kind of one of our topics which is trauma and stress, you know, when we do have or can get back to remembering, you know, that sense of being an essence, you know, of being part of source. And you, you can't be injured if you're a part of everything. You know, it's like the air. You can't, you can't cut the air with a knife. There's no right. mark left. There's no scar tissue. There's no stress. But when we right. over-identify the body as um, not of essence or not of spirit. And I think that's what most of us do or we're raised to, and that's kind of sort of what my father was doing. I think he was trying to protect me, and it was kind of him. His mother saw ghosts, so it scared him to death that there were ghosts in his house when he was little that she could see and he couldn't. So I understand where he was coming right. from. He just right. didn't want a daughter like that, too right? Um, You know, but when 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 we can't experience the infinite, that's when stress gets trapped and it turns into trauma. Because trauma is just stress that doesn't get released. It's just, you know, energy that can't get cleared. It's energy that can't kind of keep drifting with the infinite or understood, you know, kind of with higher, more loving perspectives. And so it's, you know, it gets congealed. And that's where we're going to have emotional pain. We have emotions anyway. There's nothing wrong with feelings and emotions, but trapped emotions or, or you know, autoimmune disorders where the microbes, you know, just kind of keep, you know, reproducing inside of the body. Really, you could see that from this higher perspective as the areas or the places or the misunderstandings, you know, about being an essence and being unlimited.
1: Right. I like that. Uh, a few days ago, we had a, a pre-show chat, and we were talking about discernment. And so if I think of my psyche right now as a, a what, whatever it is, as a whole, regardless of my past, and then... I hear something maybe a new story like 2020 there's this thing called the coronavirus and or uh, terrorism or whatever and my mind starts to create an emotional response to the stimulus I'm literally fragmenting my energy in the moment because of this emotional response and and if I park my fanny there, in other words, I, I uh, repeat the emotional reaction by every day checking the news about what's the latest, about whatever the stimulus is. I'm literally, I'm creating a fragmentation of myself and that can, um, well, I'm it's like I can attract psychic energy that, that resonates with that fear and I can create a, a momentum that casts into my future for years. Does that sound right?
0: It makes perfect sense, absolutely, because it's that reaction that might even start, you know, with a part of us that's triggered or remember something that wasn't so good or maybe a little ancestor's voice and we go with it you know something an ancestor went through etc and that's our projectile that's the path that's where we that's where we keep going and you know one of the things and we did talk about this around discernment when we had a chat earlier is I think one of the first sort of questions I ask myself when I find myself ah, you know getting nervous or reacting or getting embarrassed or whatever is I ask myself now wait a minute is this really even my feeling (laughs) or is it someone else's you know am i really scared of covid (laughs) or you know or, or am i tuning into four other billion people who are scared of covid and i'm not pretend i'm not making believe you know i wear my mask i just got my johnson and johnson shot um but i have a different relationship with covid than i think a lot of people i had it almost right away Like, I think I had it before other people did, and then I had a secondary, because I was in China, um, you know, almost two years ago or a year and a half ago, and I just came home really tired. But I didn't think it was COVID, so I didn't really get that sick. And then I was traveling for my son's baseball, and it was just starting to be known, and I came home. I was sick for a day, and I thought, you know, I bet this is that thing everybody's talking about. You know, I felt sick. I had a headache. I threw up. I, You know, all this kind of stuff. And I thought, well, you know, there's no treatment, so I just have to get better. <laughs> and right. I was well within a day, um, you know, because I didn't have a lot of – energy from other people, there wasn't a lot of psychic phenomenon or emotional distress to pick up from other people. So it was a real illness, but I wasn't impacted by, you know, kind of what made the news later either. And uh, so I I I think we've got to ask ourselves how much of this is mine, how much of this in the present, how much of it is Memorex, like it's my old stuff, and how much of it is am I just like being a sponge, and taking in.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's the idea of the discernment is if you don't um, watch or monitor or guard your thoughts, the ego is, can be so quick to develop habitual patterns of of uh, patterns that don't serve us. I, I like the discernment of does this does this thought serve me? I mean, the thought might be, I'm in danger and I need to do something. But I've received the message and now I have the information. I don't need to dwell in the, uh, the bell, the alarm that went off. Once I get the message, and, and it, um, I think it's worth saying in the in the spiritual or metaphysical community, there's so much upheaval right now. There's a lot of people that are not congruent with honoring who you are that want to sell you their Kool-Aid. And
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of brands of Kool-Aid, too. <laughs> to and too it's really about, like, who you are, your own essence.
1: Right. But they have the discernment where you just don't um, um, ignorantly create new patterns new fragmentations of yourself if you know
0: what i mean yeah and and this can even be carried over both into kind of psychic applications and also physical so you know biologically we're supposed to be at ease all the time unless there is danger like we're not supposed to be from a very simple point of view all right there's the sympathetic nervous system which is excitatory and stressful and we you know we get scared we fight we fly we you know have all these reactions and there's the parasympathetic nervous system which sort of you know that's the my tie sympathetic nervous system like you know what you know wake me if the house is burning otherwise i'm just having a good time we're supposed to be doing parasympathetic all the time unless there's a real danger, then we react, and then we, then we go back. But we're not like that, we humans. We're always in this reactive mode. We're not even usually able to discern because we're in this sort of excitatory place where everything's in a, a, a danger. And, you know, having a tool as simple as, does this really serve me? is a great way to kind of talk to the self and go, you know, it doesn't really serve me to get, you know, really mad because the TV doesn't work right now. Maybe I should just go read a book or, you know, or just talk ourselves down, you know. And then I believe that when there is something, you know, our essence wants us to know, you know, there is a real danger. We can follow it. I remember years ago, my youngest son had a paper out. Paper outs are horrible for parents, I hated his paper route because, you know, they're paid 7 bucks a week or whatever, and you know they can't do it by themselves when they're in third grade or whatever it is. So we probably spent four hours a week on his paper route so he could make like $7 a week. So, you know, you get the papers. You have to put them together. You have to package them. You've got the addresses. You've got to deliver them, rain or shine. And, you know, I just hated his paper route. So, but one day we're delivering the papers and we're on opposite sides of the street. We have two dogs. I have one of the dogs. He has one of the dogs. And we're coming up to the end of the street. And, you know, I'm not in a great mood, but I'm not stressed. I'm just delivering, you know, the you-know-what papers. And I hear this voice in my head that just screamed at me, tell him to stop. And I just screamed at my son. I said, stop. I didn't. I didn't ask why, I didn't look around, I just listened. He stopped, and you know the rest, you can guess the rest of the story. This car comes barreling around the corner and it would have hit my son and seriously injured if not killed him if we hadn't stopped. And you know, if we're always in that reactive place, if we're always looking for danger, we're actually not going to be able to be warned when there's something we actually have to pay attention to.
1: Well, I like that. It's it's like if we live with the alarm going off, even though it's no longer relevant, we can't hear it start up again.
0: Right. And, there, you know, we're in human bodies. You know, there's stuff that happens. Um, and you know, if if weird little things start to happen in my life, like little strange things, I pay attention. Like one day, I very stupidly cut myself nine times, really tiny little cuts, right? And I stepped back and I thought, okay, Cindy, what are you not paying attention to? (laughs) Right? Because first of all, you're pretty tuned out and why are you around so many knives? And I... I just stepped back because it wasn't a psychic sign. It was physical. And I just thought, you know, all right, so what is this What is this telling you? You know, kind of what's going on? And it didn't take me very long to figure out, oh, my gosh, I've got this friend who's been mean to me really a lot in the past two or three days, and I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing anything about, about her, right? It's about me, not saying something it's about me you know kind of not having a boundary or you know this or that or the other thing as soon as i figured that out thank goodness i stopped cutting myself you know and i just sort of dealt with where it was really at and you know stopped acting this out which i was doing very subconsciously
1: right i like that to recognize uh, a new pattern and then to step back and look at it the
0: yes mhm
1: when when I was cracked open by the cosmic two by four leading up to that, my body was shutting down i was I was having starting to get ulcers I had digestive tract problems and uh um if you, um, that first event I connected with anger that I had no clue I had, and I released an immense amount of energy out of my psyche in a very short period of time in just minutes. And those symptoms just w- just went away. It was, uh, they were symptoms of a, a psychological aspect of myself that was, uh, you can use any term you want, compressing, um, um, on stressing my body and it was showing up as that dis-ease. When when we have a chronic condition in our body that's um, painful, how do we, I mean, um, how do we start to wrap our heads around um, unraveling it? And I asked that question in your the the actual answer is the topic of your book because your book your book empowers the reader to to learn how to recognize to learn how to reveal to learn how to unravel the the incongruency, in this. but. Can you share with us some examples in your clients of how not so obvious um, elements within them were creating this ease and and um what it turned out to be kind of give us some case examples so we could understand ourselves a little better
0: yes, absolutely, so I have a couple of many many stories actually i'm I'm gonna share the story of one of the first sessions that I ever gave a client. It was, you know, decades ago and I had a woman come in and, you know, my job was kind of to use my intuition to see if I could help the person figure out What's going on underneath a presenting issue? So it's what we're talking about. And she, you know, was very unhappy in her marriage. She couldn't keep a job. Uh, She was, you know, a little overweight, you know, by her standards. I thought she looked normal, just to go back to the word of the evening. Um, You know, she didn't like being a mom. She she was just, I think she was having an affair. She was basically just really unhappy Um, You know, had a rash most of the time on her skin. So, you know, she didn't have, you know, the, the deep issues of cancer or heart disease or the body shutting down. You know, but those are these are kind of the preliminaries that when somebody doesn't uncover what's happening, they end up there. You end up with really serious or chronic issues. And so she sat in front of me and she goes, I just don't know what it's about. As an intuitive, I've learned to just go with the information I'm given, as silly or odd or embarrassing it might be. And the only picture I got, I'm very clairvoyant, the only picture I got was popcorn. was popcorn. And I said, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I'm like, this is very silly, Cindy. You just can't say this, but it's the only thing I could get. So I said, I see a bag of popcorn. And she burst into tears. She just started crying. She said, I'm a popcorn addict. She said, my family's so concerned that I hide the popcorn now. I hide it in my car. I buy it at work and eat it before I get home. She said, I'm a popcorn addict, which you know isn't the issue either. And I said, well, you know, what do you associate popcorn with? Because I keep thinking there's something about your dad. It was just a feeling I had. And she started crying even more. And she said, when my parents divorced, and now I'm going to cry, the very last time I saw my father, because then he moved and I never saw him again, he took me to the movie theater and we ate popcorn. And so there it was. It wasn't the popcorn. It was the emotions and, you know, her feelings and the abandonment and then the story that she told herself unconsciously about what that meant. You know, what did it mean that her father never saw her again? And especially when we're young, but we can do this at any age, The story we tell ourselves deep inside, you know, often in our soul, in our psyche, in our little kid minds, you know, is that what the bad stuff that happens to us or around us, we make it about ourselves. And, you know, there's actually a reason for that. We make it about ourselves because if it's not about us, we have no power over it. We can't control it. We can't change it. If dad drinks and it's about us, Maybe if we do something different, dad will stop drinking. So the psyche in the, the mind, you know, and in the nervous system, seems to, like, own responsibility when it's not ours. Sometimes and when we're older, we don't own responsibility when it is ours, right? But, you know, but it's because it's so scary to not have power or not have control. So we set these cycles up really young just because we want to make things better, we, maybe we want to make it better for others. Certainly, we want to make it better for ourselves. And so, that's commonly the beginning of the cycle: is what did we go through that was beyond our control, but somehow we had to make it about us. And unconsciously, we're still doing that. So, if we can figure out an event like that, or a way we, you know, kind of, you know, kind of went through that, or If somebody made their issues about us, when they abuse us, they make their problems about us. That's the first clue I start looking for.
1: Wow. That's really powerful. As as children, if you're going through an event that is bigger than you, your parents divorcing, whatever, the only way you can um, have any context of power is to to make it about yourself. Damn, that's a that's a <laughs> that's tough stuff. No wonder we're Isn't we're it? all the walking zombies, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then that's what begins those patterns that you know we could carry that in from a past life somebody killed us oh my god what did we do wrong that you know my you know brother you know was jealous of me and killed me maybe i didn't do anything wrong but i feel that's often the beginning of these underneath cycles and so you know when i work with clients i i you know a lot of people kind of in the more new age or spiritual community um like, suggest or insist that we sign on for everything that we go through. I just want to say I don't really believe that. (laughs) I do believe our soul carries in patterns and then they get drawn to us and it it goes that way, right? And I do believe that the way energy works is what we go through when we're little, you know, if we just start there, you know, then that's an energetic pattern that we keep attracting to us. But that doesn't mean we decided we wanted to be abused either. So we have to be really careful with that because that idea can just feed, you know, that little kid that's saying, well, it's my fault. Well, if I didn't choose these parents, I wouldn't have been sexually abused. Well, you know, they, they, just, they had their own say in that. So we have to get out of you know kind of like blaming ourselves for everything because that just reinforces that little kid that's going, well it's got to be my fault because then I can fix it.
1: Well, you know the we've talked about mechanisms and and the effects and whatnot. Let's flip it over and look at the other side of of life after of yeah um, of getting past it I know for myself um damn I I don't take anything personally per se when I wake up in the morning I'm glad to be breathing I'm in um I guess what I'm saying is I have um much more resilience to what I might have taken personally before and I realized that that's just raw freedom of my psyche. And, and now I hold my freedom in high regard. And if I see uh, a new pattern or mechanism that, that challenges my freedom, I'm all over that because I recognize I'm, I'm surrendering an aspect of myself if I take on new dogmas, if that makes sense. Can you share some examples it does. In, in your work or in your own life about the before and after pictures so the audience can recognize some of the 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 consequence and the results?
0: You know, this is the example that's popping in and I just want to reiterate that, that when we get rid of that, it's all about me, right? Yeah. What you're saying is that it's not about me, <laughs> what they're doing isn't about me. That's one of those first steps to that place of saying, wait a minute, you know, you know, there's a storm. That's not about me, right? There's a hurricane. That's not my issue. <laughs> I can, right. you know, and then you can kind of move into the flow of things, you know, and kind of exercise your your you're sort of right to steer your own ship, too, and get intuitive data that helps you do that. You know, I don't know why, but this is the story that's popping in. I worked with another woman several years ago, and she she had all kinds of problems. I mean, she had ulcers. She had a low-grade cancer. She had heart disease. She had inflammation. She had Lyme. She just had, and, and she was a very unhappy person on top of it, very cranky, all right? So she'd been to all these famous healers, and she came to see me, and I could tell she was looking at me. I'm not a very big person, and, you know, I don't wear, you know, silver frocks or look like a wizard or, you know what I mean, like I'm a person. And, and right, and she, I, I could just tell she was looking at me like, what are you going to do? Like, you're puny. Like, you don't, you don't have any power. Like, she even said to me, like, what what are you going to do that all these really famous people haven't been able to do? She actually said that to me. And inside, you know, I'm going, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't really upset by it because how do I know what's going to happen? We just haven't even started the session. And I said to her, well, maybe nothing. Let's just see what happens. And the first image that the guides gave me was All the healing energies people had sent to her, I could see them, there were like sparkles and blue and green and, and, you know, healing for this emotional issue and healing for that childhood issue. They were all around her, like she had this energetic armor around her system and everything was there, and, you know, she was in this place that, you know, kind of nobody could help her, nothing, nothing had worked, you know, nobody cared about her, and it was like, all she had to do was let it in. It was there, and her perceptions, you know, that, nobody could help her, that everything was just going to repeat itself, that, you know, the story was going to keep going and life was going to get worse. She had, like, all this stuff inside of her that was just literally, like, batting away anything good anybody had delivered to her doorstep. You know, these days it would be like, you know, if you wait a whole year and Amazon fills your you know, your driveway and your yard, and you haven't brought any of it in, and all you're doing is sitting inside complaining, like, I have no food. I don't have any clothes. It's in, the, it's in the lawn. And I just said, well, do you want to let the healing in? Because it's all there, and you're going to have to decide. And she just looked at me. She was so shocked that she must have decided yes, because she turned every color of the rainbow Like, first, I thought she was going to die right in front of me. She turned purple and green and black and blue and yellow and all these colors. She started shaking. I mean, honestly, she, like, kept morphing in front of me for, I don't know how long, eight minutes, nine minutes, which is a really long time when you don't know what to do, right, watching somebody. And then she just looked at me and she goes, oh, my gosh, I'm fine. I go, yeah, you're fine you just decided to change the story. I had another woman who came in and she came because she had lung cancer. And I don't even know if I helped her with the lung cancer. I mean, she she recovered from the lung cancer, but she was also going through chemotherapy, okay? We had a first session, we worked on some issues from childhood that were about her feeling, you know, unloved and made the point you know that was really what your mother felt about herself not about you very simplistically so it's not personal to her she wrote me a few days later and she said I have no idea what you did like I didn't even do anything right not really um she said but I was in intense pain that entire night after I saw you and I have just measured myself because my clothes don't fit, I have grown two inches.
1: Wow.
0: She grew. Wow. Yeah. Well. So the story that we tell ourselves, you know, often makes us miserable. <laughs> so my. it's not, doesn't need to be our story. Yes, yes. If you have to deal with if you got abuse. That is part of your story. Feel the feelings. Deal with what's there. Deepen. Learn. Grow. Stretch. Mature. You know, and then decide what's the next step of your story.
1: Right. And, and you know, um, I don't know what the term is. Like, hold your ground. Stand in your persona. Claim your life. Claim your dominion. Claim your ability to decide um, if you're not paying attention if you're unconscious with how you're interacting with all this um, um, energy and stimulus from the world if you're unconscious about it it's gonna drag you through the weeds in the yeah once you once you wake up to that and um, for me that First session of releasing I that changed my life completely and and now I'm very very mindful of what's this what's this does it is this for me does this relate and once I started sorting so to speak the, all the stimulus in my psyche I don't my cart doesn't tip over so to speak It's like, um, um, it's so much easier to go through my day, if you will. Well, um, you can go by pretty fast. I want to make sure the audience not only knows about your book and other books, but your services, how they might work with you. Do you do it in person? Is it online? Take the time and give us a whole rundown of you and your platform.
0: I will. Thank you. Well, it's really easy to track me. It's uh, everything's on my website, which is cindydale.com. Cindy spelled weird, kind of like Cindy Lauper, but I'm Cindy Dale. C Y dale.com i teach a lot of classes i love teaching people how to access their intuition themselves their healing powers so i always have you know some kind of new class going i teach a one year program that actually just started but I'm going to have a new shift program coming up. I don't even know the topic exactly yet, but I'll put it on my website within the next couple months or so. Shift Network is a great uh, forum teaching, you know, different kind of energy tools. I do do client work. I tend to book out like way far in advance. So be patient and persevere. Usually I just work on the phone, sometimes in person. And I, um, I have written a lot of books. I've a- I've actually written 27 books, which is a really lot of books. <laughs> wow. It's like a ton of books. I look at that and I go, how did I do that? <laughs> In fact, one, right one, now I'm ton. finishing the draft of a book on about energy for sports because my youngest son is an athlete and I have spent so many years Learning how energy work works in sports, and I thought, you know what, I just got to make use of this and write a book about it because I think, you know, I'm the only mom out there like watching, you know, kind of the energetics of what these kids are doing out there. So I'm working on a book about that right now too.
1: Well, very nice. I think um, I think your insights are are um, very powerful and. Again, I'm holding your book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness, Uncover and Transform the Subtle Energies that are Causing Your Greatest Hardships. What I really like about this book is um, there's, there's wonderful visuals to explain, to explain these etherical concepts of, of, like you said, the vast majority of us, of our persona is energy and non-physical I think a lot of the time we um, quit paying attention is because we can't see it with our traditional eyes. But your book does a wonderful job of describing the the world of energy, so to speak, the realm of energy that our human persona lives in day in and day out. And you, sh- you share the mechanisms of how... Um, Past life um, uh, karmic imprinting, perhaps you might say, can carry over into this life, and you're you're really empowering the reader. You're you're not just saying it's out there. Good luck. <laughs> you're you're, you're, bring, you're bringing a visual context to it, and then you're bringing the information behind it, and then you have. Many processes that empower the reader to to do the work themselves to not only recognise the subtle energies that are bringing the hardships but but the processes of healing and releasing them.
0: That's exactly what it is, because we can't all afford the time or the money to kind of go from person to person, and it's, it's our journey anyway. And so what I'm helping people do is to find and use their own intuitive faculties to do self-healing work. And a lot of people are telling me they're able to do that. You know, you find which exercises are going to work best for you. You'll just kind of skip through and go, ah. Oh, this one's for me or that one's for me. And a lot of people are telling me that it's making a difference, them spending some time with themselves with a couple of these exercises to dig deep, you know, and then they can, you know, grow taller through the process.
1: I like that. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners?
0: I going to go back to the point you made, to be honest, which is having a simple key, like a question, does this serve me? Or how does this serve me, you know? And I think when we find like something like that that works for us, we're all the more better. Like what I do for myself when things are occurring or whatever, or I cut myself nine times and I'm like, okay, you got a pattern going here, Cindy. Like what I do with myself is I ask myself now, how am I to be with this? <laughs> so, you know, it's very helpful to find your own kind of key code that helps you separate out. So your own consciousness or essence can give you some answers. And then you're breaking patterns that don't work for you right there.
1: Wow. I love it. Well, very nice. Well, Cindy, I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I love this topic and I love the insights that you've brought to this episode. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight.
0: It's been my pleasure, and I think you well matched, if not surpassed me, on giving people insights that are going to help move them into a more free place.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just I'm here to help, but thank you for the, thank you for those kind words. We've been talking with Cindy Dell, and the topic tonight has been energy healing for trauma, stress, and chronic illness. Um, Boy, how do, you, how do you say it's worth the investment, it's worth the time for you to look at your psyche and understand that there's subtle stuff going on that, that really bring about a, a much bigger influence than, than how it's perceived. When I said, do you feel normal? Normal is a variable. Just because you feel normal doesn't mean there's, there's vast arenas of your psyche that you can heal to feel even better about your life. That's why I love bringing episodes like this one tonight to you to help you recognize modalities and mechanisms. And I, I totally recommend Cindy's book. I think she's done a fantastic job. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to serve you by bringing episodes like this episode tonight. I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. Here you are listening to episodes that empower you, to empower you to have more control of your life. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening.
0: This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.